0: It's the Bible Rundown, 100th episode. Hundy! The one hundred. We have a confession, though. We were hoping that our celebrity guest would be with us. Unfortunately, he's been tied up, and is apparently disaffiliated with the Bible Rundown, so you won't hear from Rick Warren today, but it's still good, Rob.
1: But our second guest that we invited was Donald Trump, and he didn't show, so we have no guest speakers on today. You're stuck with Pastor David and Pastor Rob, and we have one more confession for you. What's that? We recorded this episode already. Oh, man.
0: It was 20 people, it was almost 22 minutes long. 20
1: minutes long. So we, we have to re-record because it was too
0: long. And it's going to be better. We're going to get right to the point. So let's jump in. First Samuel 15 and 16 and Luke chapter 10. Rob, it's really clear. Saul messed up big time. He was commanded clearly by Samuel to go and devote to destruction everything associated with the Amalekites, who were... descendants of Edomites who are from the line of Esau right right and you may be thinking if you've been with us from Genesis well wasn't Esau the brother of Jacob yes but we're told that Esau not only forsake his birthright Mm -hmm. but his descendants later on become associated with the seed of the serpent why because they are opposed to God's people so Mm -hmm. rather than Mm -hmm. humbly Mm -hmm. coming underneath the will of God these Edomites, and specifically here, Agag and the Amalekites, should be associated with people that not only rebel against God, but refuse to acknowledge that God has even ordained for himself this people called Israel uh, to come into the promised land. Yeah, they're they're so bad that God wants them
1: completely destroyed. And we'll see later Haman, the Agagite, right? He wants to completely destroy Israel and he will do everything in his power to do that in the book of Esther, but God has other plans for him.
0: So that's the big picture of why God is is so strict and why the ending of Agag at the end of chapter 15 is so violent with Samuel. But Rob, with that being said, we can hit on this quickly because I think there's some questions that this chapter really brings up. Um, Is it important for us to do what God has called us to do.
1: Yeah, so I think I think we we have to see Saul, right? He he meets Samuel and he says, "Blessed to you, be the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord." He he thinks that he's performing the commandment. We we probably deal with this a lot more than we think in today's culture. Mm. But people actually thinking that they are living in obedience to the word of God in which they are not in obedience. They have not risen to the standard of the word of God. And their life is not close because God has succinctly stated according to his word how we ought to live. And um, you know... Honestly, people think I'm living in the blessing of God. And in, and in reality, they're living in the judgment of God. And we're going to see the judgment of God here in Saul's life. Yeah. But uh, the next statement, Samuel says, What is the bleeding of sheep in my ears? And Saul's response, I think, is telling of what's going to mm-hmm. happen. As he says, uh, the sheep in the auction were to sacrifice to the Lord your God. He calls... He calls God, Samuel's God, not his
0: God. Yeah, and he does it again in verse 21, to which Samuel replies, listen, does God delight as much in burnt offerings and sacrifices and obedience? In my Bible, Rob, I actually wrote this uh, when I've read it in the past, but contrast this with um, the willingness of Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, right? It wasn't that God needed Abraham to do the sacrifice. It was the faith demonstrated through the act. I think the same is really what we're getting at here, because then the comparison in 23, any time that we rebel against what God has told us to do, or any time that we presume that we're doing something that God wants us to do that's in violation, look what he compares it to, the sin of divination, Mm. or it's like iniquity, right, mm. a wrongdoing against God, or idolatry. Mm. So we we talk a lot, is there a pecking order of which sin is worse? In God's eyes, sin is sin. So whether you just do half of what God commanded and mm. you ignored the rest, or you did most of what God commanded and just forgot a little bit, it's still sin. Right. And, and this comparison here, I think, should be Really wake us up you to know, the of the holiness of God. I,
1: it just keeps coming into my mind, and we counsel with
0: a lot of people on this. It's like
1: sexual purity, right? Like mm-hmm. sexual immorality. Oh, it's really not. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not sleeping with anybody, but I'm doing pornography. You know what I'm saying? People yeah. will justify in their mind. Well, I'm. I'm not living with my girlfriend, but we're sleeping together you know you know what i'm saying and so we deal with this often times it is either you're living in obedience to god's word or you're not it's no in between
0: yeah and so this really dramatic scene i mean samuel's like listen the kingdom is going to be torn away from you and it's going to be given to another saul reaches out dramatically grabs the edge of his robe right mm-hmm. and rips it <laughs> samuel turns around and is like in the same way the kingdom's going to be torn from you, Saul. It's like, man, insert the the drama music here. Dun, dun, dun. But then Agag uh, is, is basically like, woof, I, I think I've escaped, right? Like, no. these guys got their own drama. They're like, oh, no, Samuel remembers, like, as for you, the Lord's pronounced his judgment, and Samuel is the one that carries yeah. it out.
1: Yeah, and, and we'll see Saul's lack of devotion unto the Lord the Agagite Haman, which we've mentioned before, Wicked will man. be a descendant of Agag. So, yeah.
0: somewhere he had sons that were not devoted. All right, you ready for a, a good question? Yep. All right. So, three times in chapter 15, in verse 11, mm. in verse 29, and verse 35, it says, Did God really regret? So, this term regret is used to describe yeah. God's feelings or emotions, if we want to call them that, towards. Making Saul king. Yeah. So how do we wrestle? It's, it's
1: an interesting, you know, this is a very difficult question, right? Does the Lord regret yeah. making Saul king? I think the Lord is saddened by making Saul king, just in the same way as He was sad that He had created mankind in the days of Noah when He judged them through the um, through the flood. But that doesn't mean that if he had to do it all over again that he wouldn't still do the exact same thing because through this whole process we have king david coming about right and so it is right a i felt like it was a judgment of of God to establish Saul as king from the line of Benjamin not from the line of Judah to make him his king is he's not a man after God's own heart, but he looks like he would be the man in which Man would place as their king instead of whom God would place as their king and the contrast between David and Saul is there And so I don't think that God is actually saying
0: If I had to do it over again, I would do it differently. That's not what he's saying. Yeah, he's grieved by it Yeah so if, if I came to you and said, Rob, I regret that I did this thing, what am I implying in there? I wish I could go back and change right, it. Right. When we read these things in Scripture, God is never a do-over God. Whoops, right. I made a mistake. Got to start over. He is a God who has determined that he will allow sin to exist for a moment, but it still grieves his heart when sin occurs. Yes. He's a sovereign God. He's in control of all things. Everything happens according to his will. Which brings us to 16 and another tough question. So we get this really cool description and layout. Unlike Saul, who was head and shoulders above everybody else and a good-looking guy, here's David, who his dad doesn't even give a second thought to when Samuel shows up and invites his family to a sacrifice Mm -hmm. and a meal. He leaves them out in the field with the sheep. But we're told God looks at the heart, heart, not the appearance of man. Get that great verse. And then Samuel anoints David and as soon as he's anointed, we are told the spirit of the Lord rushes upon David from that do- day forward. And then in verse 14, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and get this, mm-hmm. Rob, a harmful spirit from God torments him. So, does God have a harmful spirit that He uses and sends to people?
1: Yeah. So this is interesting. This 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 whole topic, the spirit of the Lord departing from Saul, is 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 one issue here. Mm-hmm. And then the next issue is the is the, the harmful spirit sent from the Lord. I So number one, we're not talking about the Holy Spirit of God as come through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about the Spirit of the Lord rushing upon someone from an Old Testament perspective, not from a New Covenant perspective. This is an Old Covenant spirit upon someone rather than a New Covenant spirit upon. So we're 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 not in the same boat here. Okay. N- number two, uh, we are dealing with a harmful spirit from the Lord, and I think that this is again, this is the judgment of God. This is the wrath of God. When we talk about the mercy and the grace of God, we also have to talk about the judgment and wrath of God, because God pours out right judgment upon the cross of Christ for sin. So we have to understand that God is actually judging Saul here and I think he's judging him in hopes of bringing him to repentance. I think that's it disciplines those he loves. I think we have church discipline in the same light uh, as we give people over to Satan for their destruction of the flesh. I think the idea is, is that they will come back to the Lord and so... <clears throat> God provides for Saul a savior, right? Who is David? Who is pointing him towards the Lord uh, later in this in this chapter? And so David is actually um, the the harmful spirit is departing from him mm-hmm. um, when when David would play the harp in his hand, and I'm sure he's playing some some spiritual elements here. But I think so. If we understand this correctly, God is actually judging Saul because of his sin and hardness
0: of heart, and he's actually trying to turn his
1: heart back to him.
0: so could could somebody say that this is a similar scene uh, as what played out in Job, where Satan has to ask permission from God to touch job's life and God gives it and then Satan could go?:
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And would you say then, you've, you've talked a lot about God's judging Saul here, is the harmful spirit, like in the sense of what we see with Job, is it just more that God is really testing to expose what's in the heart? Mm. And in Saul's case, I think you're right. This could be a form of disciplining Saul to bring him to repentance, right? Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. Where with Job, we're told he never sins in all the things that he right. says. So I think the Bible gives us the beauty of Scripture right. is it gives us both and. Yes, God can have control over demonic powers and use them to bring people towards repentance or demonstrate that they have his heart to begin with. And I think yeah. like you're saying here with Saul, he can also use it to demonstrate you really don't get it. Mm-hmm. Your, your heart's not inclined yeah. toward me. Like Pharaoh. Like Pharaoh. Good. Let's move to Luke. Luke 10. So Jesus sends out his 72... Um, the person of peace principle is really huge here, right? Like just going literally from town to town, Rob, can you imagine like if this is our mission strategy, we just like jump into these places and if they just kick us out because they don't want to hear the gospel, we just move on. That's basically what Jesus is saying. I here. have I have a whole thought on this this topic.
1: I don't know if I have time to talk about it, but the idea is is that you want to build relationships that are kingdom-minded, ask people for help, that's, that's all I'm going to say, but that's what they do. They go and they say, yeah. we don't have any food. Can we stay at your house? Can you provide for us? But we have something better. We have the gospel. And essentially, it's that gospel uh, people of peace who are willing to give of themselves
0: that actually show yeah. that they're ripe for the gospel. It's interesting. Northwest mission strategy right there. Hey, but then the return of the 72, they come from this experience, and they are just like overjoyed, right? They come and they say lord even the demons are subject to us in your name and jesus is an interesting spot response what does he tell him he talks about the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions
1: and this might might sound weird for you and until you put it in the context of the whole bible which is satan disguises himself as a serpent in the beginning and tempts eve to eat the apple And God says that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Mm -hmm. And we know that that seed, the Messiah who is coming, will be Jesus, and he will crush the head of the serpent. He will be struck himself, but he will trample or bruise or crush the head of the serpent. And thus, God is giving through Christ the authority to his disciples to tread on scorpions and serpents, which is the demonic. Yeah. So we go into neighborhoods and dark places and deal with hard people knowing that the Christ has given us authority to shed light in darkness, to go to places that are controlled by the demonic and share this gospel of grace
0: and see the Lord's kingdom come there. Amen. Hey, that's all the time we've got today. I would just encourage you Man, spend time in God's Word. We've talked with a couple people this week that whether it's the podcast or they're doing a different reading plan, at the end of the day, I think the reminder we get at the end of Luke 10, the good portion that God says Mary chose, is to sit underneath the teaching that we have through the Word of God made known to us. We can make our lives busy with a lot of service. Just like Saul, we could probably easily miss the mark, right? Yeah. But we need the Word of God to be our ultimate counsel. So uh, pick that good portion today. We're glad you joined us for the 100th episode. The
1: centennial. We'll see you tomorrow.